Welcome to the Lady Beta Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Mern. I'm a climbing coach, business coach, and brain rewiring certified coach. In this podcast, we'll talk about all things climbing, business growth, and brain rewiring from a holistic point of view. You can hear more from me over on Instagram at ladybeta.coaching and on my website, ladybetacoaching.com. You can find freebies for training for climbing, building your business, and brain rewiring over there. I'm so excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I have an incredibly special guest for you today. He almost doesn't need an introduction, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. I'm so excited to have Eric Horst on the show. I actually know Eric in person. We met quite a few years ago when I was working as a head setter for a gym outside of Chicago. I actually set the grand opening routes that his boys climbed on. They are now going into men, but they were they were boys at the time, and it was so fun to be able to set for them and to meet Eric in person. He is somebody that I have looked up to for years. Years. Seriously, picking up his books, training for climbing, conditioning for climbing, it, it changed my entire life. It changed the way that I looked at climbing, and it also really showed to me, whoa, it's actually possible to uh, make a career in rock climbing? What? Like, it changed the entire trajectory of my life to be introduced to Eric and his work, and I'm super thankful that he was able to come on the show and he was happy to share his story. We talk all about Fizzy Vantage, his company, his nutrition company specifically for climbers. We talked all about how he manages his time, how he is actually so effective in what he does, his own hacks, if you will, for becoming a more successful business owner in terms of how do I actually plan my day and what activities support me and how do I divide my time. So, a little bit more about Eric. He actually launched trainingforclimbing.com in 2000, so this is um, almost 22 years ago now, and he has been climbing for more than 40 years. He is still crushing and putting down 513s. I know I just saw a post of him putting down quite a few 513s in the Red River Gorge, which is absolutely epic. I mean, if those aren't goals, I don't know what is, and he has written for publications like Men's Health, Wall Street Journal, Urban Climber, and more. He launched Fizzy Vantage in 2019, and I absolutely love their products. You all know, and if you've listened to the podcast, you have heard sponsor ads for Fizzy Vantage. It's just one of my absolute favorite ways to support the training that I'm doing is to make sure that I have all the nutrition pieces in line, make sure that I'm actually supplementing in a way that's going to benefit my climbing. Eric's entire family, his wife and his two boys, they all climb. It's so fun to be able to see a family that has this common and shared passion and interest, and I am so excited for you to listen to this interview. First, let's go into some um, updates. So if you've been listening to the show, you might know that I am so excited to be opening spots to my six-figure mastermind activate. This is a six-month mentorship for business owners looking to scale their businesses to six figures and beyond. I am so excited about this. This has been an idea in the back of my brain for over a year, and it is finally coming to life. This will run from January through June and include things like half-day intensives with me, energy work, breath work, and all the support that you need in order to scale your business to six figures and beyond. I'm so incredibly pumped about this. You can learn more 
using the link in the show notes. You can join the waitlist to be first to know when spots open. There are incredibly limited spots for this round of Activate. Since this is the first round, I want to keep it very small, very intimate, and incredibly high touch. There are only six spots for this current round. I am so excited to be opening spots up very soon. So again, if you want to be the first to know, make sure you check out the link in the show notes so you can be the first to know when spots open. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this interview with Eric. I'm so excited to have you on the show today, Eric. So for those of you who might not know who Eric is, would you go ahead and give us a little bit of your background, uh, how you got started in climbing, how long you've been climbing for, and what you do now? Sure, Chelsea, and I'm happy to be on uh, your podcast. And, you know, I've uh, met you many years ago, maybe a decade ago, I think, at a Vertical Endeavors event. And uh, so it's cool to see uh, your growth as a climber and a business person. And I'm, uh, you know, happy to talk to you here today. But, um, you know, I uh, have been around a long time. I'm sorry. (laughs) You should say Um, I've actually been climbing for 45 years. And that's not like 45 years where you have breaks of, uh, uh, you know, many years or a decade where you don't climb. That's 45 years of being engaged in the sport, climbing, you know, 50 to 100 days a year uh, throughout 45 years. Uh, And so I started as a 13-year-old in the late 70s, and now I'm going on 58 here uh, this winter and, uh, you know, still super passionate. And um, I enjoy being uh, a messenger of the idea that climbing is a life sport. You might get stoked on it in your teens and 20s, but it can stay with you throughout the different phases of your life. And you know, my wife and I are now empty nesters, so we're getting to climb more for ourselves uh, than we did in you know the last 20 years where it was more about um, taking the kids climbing to you know places that would suit them. And uh, so, you know, and uh, over all those years, I've been fascinated with training. I was an athlete in high school. Um, There was no training for climbing. There were no climbing gyms. There was no training for climbing equipment back in the 70s and 80s. We had to just kind of kludge together things that made sense. And I could talk for hours about that. Uh, (laughs) But um, over the years, you know, I studied sports science. I was, you know, the first person that I know of in the English language to write training articles. Uh, back in the late 1980s, I contacted Rock and Ice and Climbing Magazine and said, can I write some training articles for you? And their response was, Eric, nobody trains for climbing. Oh People gosh. just climb. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I guess I was like 33 years ahead of my time because now it seems everybody trains for climbing, at least in one way or another. Uh, and so over those years, I've written hundreds of articles and you know a bunch of books. They've tr- been translated into many different languages. And it's really, um, I guess, looking back, gratifying to have had an uh, impact on so many climbers, not just here in the United States, but uh, you know, I was in Germany last month and I'm walking into a crag and there's a group of Polish climbers and right away they recognized me and a couple of my books have been translated into Polish and, uh, you know, they listen to my podcast and it's like, wow, to, you know, to get that recognition on the other side of the world uh, is is gratifying. And, um, you know, I'm happy to, you know, today as a kind of an older 
Clymer and coach uh, be encouraging the next generation of coaches, people like you. And, you know, there are, uh, of course, many others out there that are um, kind of following in the footsteps. And, you know, today with climbing being as popular as it is, uh, obviously, you know, it's possible to make a career coaching. But back in my day in the 80s or 90s, you know, the sport wasn't quite what it is today. And, uh, you know, so I... Uh, for many years, had a university job that kind of paid the bills, uh, and then I had my climbing books and lectures and training, you know, kind of as a, a second career path that in recent years has kind of become my full job. So it's been um, a long journey, and uh, I hope I'm still uh, active in the game, climbing hard for another 10 or 15 years or more, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I have no doubt that you will be. Uh, yeah, the impact that you've had, I think, on the climbing industry as a whole is absolutely legendary. I was just telling you before we hopped on and I started recording that you were actually the one where when we met at Vertical Endeavors, I was like, oh, my God, like being a climbing coach is actually a viable career option, not just, you know, mm. something you can do on the side. So tell me a little bit more about kind of like when you decided to make this switch between that university job that you had and kind of like going all in on the climbing training thing. Well, you know, it was uh, it, it was a for me, it was a very long transition because, you know, I started I signed my first uh, book contract in um, 1992, I believe, uh, and my first book was published in 1993, and I was writing for the magazines. But you know, you don't get rich. You don't pay the rent or a mortgage or your kid's college on climbing book royalties or magazine articles. Certainly not back then. You didn't, and perhaps not today. And so, for many years, I had this university job nine months of the year. You know, I was managing a science center. And so during the semesters, the school year, I was a full time employee training and climbing on weekends and evenings. And, you know, I had my summers off to really travel and to do a lot more uh, with training for climbing and writing my books. But I was kind of, you know, juggling two parallel career paths just because the climbing back then wasn't going to pay the bills. And, you know, my wife and I started a family uh, and had two kids. And, you know, so I took that obviously uh, as a serious thing. You know, I'm not going to um, live hand to mouth, you know, when I have a couple of kids I want to be able to raise and, you know, have uh, travel and, uh, you know, put a nice roof over their head and uh, have a, a good family environment. So, you know, I, I did both things for many, many years and only really in the last five years, uh, as you know, the kids have kind of become more college age and, um, uh, you know, certainly the last three years, you know, my company Fizzy Vantage, uh, was launched three years ago this month. Uh, and so I've been all in on that, you know, the last three years and, you know, I'm really proud of what we're building with Fizzy Vantage. It's the first truly climbing specific line of nutritional products, uh, and, uh, it's something that hadn't been done before. Yeah, there's companies out there that try to jump on the popularity of climbing and market their supplements to climbers, but none of them were designed for climbers. And so that's kind of the innovation I brought is uh, knowing the research and the sports nutrition and working with a food scientist. We kind of one at a time developed a, a series of products that are climbing specific. And we have six Six different products in the Fizzy Vantage line, 
and we're getting ready to launch in Europe. So the, the business has grown quite a bit. And, uh, and that's really, really exciting. I guess I kind of now seeing it take off um, in a big way, kind of view it as the capstone of my long climbing career. All those magazine articles and books and lectures and you know personal training and kind of that was building a foundation for the last 30 years onto which Fizzy Vantage then could be launched and be taken seriously and, and trusted because uh, you know uh, my name I've um, built you know a, a solid reputation around over all these years through my works and so. Um, it, it's it's been nice to see Fizzy Vantage be able to kind of launch off of that. Yeah, and happy business anniversary too. What a beautiful way to put it is it's like the capstone. And I think sometimes as a business owner, we don't realize or we don't even know where the journey is going to take us until we yes. kind of arrive. And then you're like, oh, this is what I was doing all of that for. This is This is the reason actually. Yeah, you know, that's exactly true. I, you know, no matter where you are in the arc of your climbing or your business career or your, you know, whatever your career is, you know, whether it's in climbing or not, you really can't predict where you're going to be 10 years from now or what you're going to be doing. It, it might be just an extension of where you're at right now, or it could be something completely different. Like if 10 years ago you had told me, I'd be uh, the CEO of the world's largest climbing nutrition company here in 2021, I would have said, how is that possible? But there was a a series of events that started off with that foundation that I built over all those years, you know, understanding the science of climbing and the the physiology of climbing and the role of nutrition that, you know, uh, affects training and climbing. So I, I built that foundation over decades and then I, I, I ran into some research about five years ago on um, connective tissues and things you could do to play a role in the adaptation and the strengthening of your tendons and ligaments. And when I saw that research, which five years ago was brand new, and it was just a couple of studies, I'm like, you know, it immediately connected to me as a climbing coach. It's like, wow, you know, our the the injury that climbers most struggle with is tendinopathy, whether it's the elbows, the shoulders, or those pesky A2 pulley injuries, uh, which are ligaments, but they are made up of the same stuff as tendons and they adapt the same way tendons do. You know, tendons and ligaments are comprised of collagen and water. Uh, And so when I saw that research, you know, five, six years ago, uh, beginning to get published by a couple of different researchers, I'm like, I need to dig into this. I need to learn more. And then as, as uh, I learned more and, uh, you know, it, it became um, my mission to share this knowledge with climbers and then to create the products that would uh, enable climbers to play a more active role in their recovery and their, you know, connective tissue health and uh, enhanced climbing performance. And so uh, that was kind of how gradually Fizzy Vantage was born. And I mean, it was a big financial investment and risk for me. I kind of, you know, went all in on it. Uh, Like as a business person, sometimes you have to cut your ties from the past and take a financial risk on the future. Um, And, uh, you know, if you are sitting around waiting for a sure thing, 
you're going to be waiting a long time because there really are no short things. And I'm sure you can relate to that, Chelsea, because in business, sometimes you just have to take that leap. Yeah. You got to, you got to trust that you're the best investment and that you can actually make that thing happen. And one thing that I really love, I mean, I, I absolutely love the collagen. I can actually tell a difference when I take it and when I don't take it, like my body knows. One thing that I really love that you've done is you have a very organic approach to marketing. You have ambassadors, you have athletes that all really love your products and then they tell other people about them. So was that all was your plan to kind of have that as a strategy or how did that evolve? Yes, because, you know, traditional marketing is very expensive. Like, you know, I've been in climbing for all these decades and traditionally, if you were making climbing shoes or climbing ropes or any climbing gear, you'd take out these magazine ads that would cost five, $10,000, uh, you know, for a full page ad. And then you you know, do that every month and hope you get traction after a period of time. And you go to these trade shows and well, with the internet uh, and with social media, you know, that's, you know, changed the way business is done, of course. And so that was pretty obvious, you know, as a tool to get the message out. And then me, myself, as you know, I, back in the day in the late eighties and early nineties, when I was, um, you know, most active as a climber, kind of trying to be a pro climber myself. And I was putting up routes, uh, you know, uh, prolifically back east at the New River Gorge and in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, I was I, I had sponsors back then and I saw, you know, kind of the partnership that an athlete and a company could have if for one, if the athlete really believes in the product and uses the product. And two, if the company believes in the athlete and is willing to, you know, help support that athlete and help that athlete um, reach their goals, you know? And so, yes, when I launched Fizzy Vantage, the obvious thing to me was I got to get, you know, some athletes interested and kind of the athletes will, will end up being the proof in the, uh, in the pudding in terms of, um, you know, using the products and hopefully growing as a climber. And so, uh, the first climber I signed, like, you know, month one of the business was Matt Foltz, who mm -hmm. I, I've known for a long time. He's a terrific guy. And, uh, you know, you couldn't, you know, ask for a, a, a nicer person and really a stronger climber. Uh, and so I, I got him involved. And then, you know, that kind of grew from one to two to four to eight. And now I have over 30 pro climbers, uh, more than uh, I could have ever imagined. And in the last year, the pro climbers have been coming to me. They're like, mm -hmm. um, I won't name anybody, but I've had quite a few people <laughs> in the last 18 months, uh, you know, that have uh, sent me a message and, you know, can I, can I try Fizzy Vantage? I want to see if it really makes a difference for me. And I'm like, absolutely. And, you know, my belief as a business owner is I'm not even going to talk, you know, like a athlete agreement or anything like that until I, find out if the athlete enjoys the product, you know, the taste of it and the effect, you know, do they feel a difference? And so pretty much right now, when I hear from a, a pro, uh, I'll send them a box of product, you know, a month or two supply. And I tell them, Hey, test it out. See what you think. If you like it, if you believe in it, then, then let's talk partnership. Uh, and I won't be offended if you, for some reason, don't like it, or, you know, aren't interested, or you want to go a different direction. No worries. Um, really at this point, every pro who's tried it has 
wanted to sign on with Fizzy Vantage. So again, the proof is kind of in the pudding. And so I'm feel really blessed to have such a um, an amazing team of climbers. I, really, the best boulders in America, you know, whether it's Matt Foltz or Drew Ruana or how about Jimmy Webb and Daniel Woods, uh, and then some of the strong ladies out there uh, like Andy Stahl and you know Paige Clawson, who's a strong boulder and route climber and um, and bi- even big wall climbers, you know, Brittany Gores and Jordan Cannon, uh, uh, you know, um, there is benefit to sports nutrition, you know, climbing nutrition for, you know, um, serious climbers in all of those pursuits, whether it's bouldering or routes uh, or big walls. And, um, you know, I, when I, you know, uh, when a pro engages me, I have that discussion about what products might be the best for them because, you know, if you're a boulder, it's probably the collagen because of the, the how hard it is on your tendons and ligaments and your skin. Uh, and for maybe a big wall climber, it's the BCAAs and the electrolytes and the whey protein, you know, to help recovery uh, for long days or multiple days up on a wall. And so, um, yeah, it's 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 been, um, you know, fun to communicate and share my passion and I guess kind of the final thing, and then we can move on, uh, is that every product that we have designed and launched is research-based. Uh, none of them are based on anecdote, like take this and you will lose weight, or take this and it will increase uh, your testosterone, or take this and it will you know, make you stronger. I, you know, that's, There's a lot of companies that sell stuff like that in the bodybuilding industry especially, but it's bunk. And, uh, you know, our products, our six products are all evidence-based. And so I can, you know, rest assured that I'm selling a valuable product to people. And, you know, I'm the first to admit that if you're not eating right and if you're not training right, then the sports nutrition is kind of a waste of money, uh, you know, because there are many other things that affect how you you know, adapt to training and recover from climbing and how you feel when you perform as a climber. Uh, and if you're doing a lot of those things wrong, then, you know, don't waste your money, you know, it, it, and it, that's what it would be. But if you're someone who is training, right, maybe you have a coach or maybe you are a coach or a pro climber um, and you are, you know, trying to eat a healthy diet and you're trying to recover adequately between strenuous days of climbing and hard work. You know, if you're trying to do everything right, then the sports nutrition, I think absolutely can add another five or 10% to what you're doing. So, yeah. And that, and that's big too. So, and that's massive, especially, especially if you're a pro climber, you know, if you're a beginner, you, you know, you just need to learn to climb and you can get, you can gain a few percent of efficiency every week as you learn to climb. But someone who's pretty far up the learning curve that's been climbing for a number of years, uh, you know, to start eking out percent here, percent there, uh, season over season or year over year, um, that's a lot. You know, that's the difference between sending your project and not sending your project. And sports nutrition can potentially bring those types of gains to that type of person. Uh, but again, if you're training wrong and eating wrong, or if you're a true beginner, then there's other things you need to do and fix first. And I, I'm very honest about that. Uh, you know, I want to sell fizzy advantage to people who can benefit from it. And so getting back to your question about the marketing, we try to keep it, you know, spot on and credible. Uh, and I think the best way to do that is through the ambassadors 
and through the, you know, the pro climbers. Yeah. I just, I really respect what you've built. I think what it comes down to is you just being so authentic in wanting to make a change in other people's lives, really caring about, Hey, does this work for you? How's the flavor? I want feedback. And then we'll talk about those next steps. And, you know, people always ask me like, Oh, do I have to, you know, pay for ads for marketing? And I'm like, well, you don't have to, you can, but the best way is just literally to talk to people about it. Just have a genuine conversation. And I really think you've mastered that. Yeah, and that's what um, you can do at the crags or at the climbing gym, you know, when you're just kind of uh, mingling with people, whether you're a coach or you're an athlete, you know, those uh, engagements. And I, I like the in-person stuff the best, you know, because, you know, social media, it's, it's, it's nice. You know, it has its uh, use and uh, you, can, it, you can really share inspiring stories and useful information, but nothing beats that one-on-one uh, interaction. And, uh, you know, that's something here. Uh, you know, currently and in the coming years, I uh, hope to do more of is uh, visiting, you know, once we get through this whole COVID thing and it's a little easier to, to visit gyms and, you know, have, uh, you know, group clinics and things like that. I, I, I hope to do more of that to, you know, kind of share my, you know, four and a half decades of experience <laughs> with, uh, you know, as many climbers as I can. And, you know, uh, of, of course, Fizzy Vantage is a business, you know, I have employees uh, that I'm paying a good wage and I've invested a lot of money. So it is a business. I do need to, you know, ha- I have a bottom line I need to achieve. Uh, but so much of what I do, and I, I think most people get this, I do an, an incredible, uh, um, put out a lot of content for free that is not monetized in any way. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's through my trainingforclimbing.com website or uh, my, my monthly training for climbing podcast or just those conversations I have at the crag or the random emails I get on a daily basis from climbers around the world where I, I'm happy to share a quick answer to a question. Um, and, you know, I'd say 90% of what I do in climbing is not monetized in any way. It's, it's an extension of my passion and my desire to help people uh, enjoy climbing more and avoid injury. And uh, I know firsthand how climbing is life-changing, you know, and many people listening to this podcast, hopefully are nodding their head, you know, yes, because you discover climbing and it can really, you know, um, lend some focus and direction and some positive energy to your life and, uh, and uh, can also kind of energize you and maybe make you a little more fearless in other areas of your life, which I think is important you know, to take kind of some of the tools you learn from climbing and use them in your um, everyday life or your business life. And, uh, you know, without challenging your fears, you're not going to, you know, climb many hard routes or you're not going to achieve many great things in your life. And so that whole, you know, topic of, you know, managing fears and overcoming your fears is something that um, I I think, Every day, you know, in one way or another, uh, we're dealing with whether it's in climbing or outside of climbing.
While we're talking all things Fizzy Vantage, I wanna go ahead and let you know about my favorite product lately from Fizzy Vantage. So you've probably heard me talk a lot about the collagen. I absolutely love it. I put it in my coffee every single morning and if I ever have a smoothie, I toss it in there as well. But something that I've really, really been loving is their product flow. This is an electrolyte and BCAA blend designed to support muscle function and performance through activities like climbing. So it really helps to accelerate your recovery when you're done from the BCAAs. If you don't know what that stands for, those are branch chain amino acids. And there have been three branch chain amino acids that have been identified to be really supportive in recovery from things like intense physical activity, training, and exercise. So we have leucine, isoleucine, and valine. And these are the three branch chain amino acids that are used inside of flow in order to really step up the recovery rate and help you return to climbing and training that much faster. Something that I also really love about Flow is that it actually has L-glutamine in there as well, which is really supportive of your joints, your tissues, and is another really essential amino acid that I think a lot of us might not actually be getting enough of. So I absolutely love that they've added it in. And it can also be really supportive of your gut and your digestive system. It can help if you have ever experienced something like leaky gut. It can really help to provide more structure and support in the digestive system. So I also really love that this has vitamin C, magnesium, calcium, vitamin B12. So all of these things that, you know, we, we maybe try, try pretty hard to get our correct nutrition in as climbers, but sometimes we might fall short. So I absolutely love that this already comes with all of the added nutritional benefits. So if you want to try out some flow, I absolutely love taking it during my climbing training session. It's really great for before, during, or after your session. You want to make sure that you get it in pretty close to after your session so those branch chain amino acids can do their thing. It's also because of the electrolytes really great for hydrating as well. If you're curious and want to try some out for yourself, you can use the code LADYBETA, all one word, at checkout to save 15%. I absolutely love this. The flavor is raspberry lemonade, so you know it's going to taste delicious, and it is sweetened with stevia. So again, if you are watching your sugar intake, you can reduce that and keep that low. So again, if you want to try out Flow for yourself, you can use the code LADYBETA at checkout and save 15%. If you do try it out, be sure to tag me and tag Fizzy Vantage on your Instagram stories. I absolutely love to see which products you're enjoying. Let's head back into this interview with Eric. Absolutely. I mean, it probably made it easier for you to like invest in yourself and, and make Fizzy Vantage a thing. Like if you hadn't had those years of going all in on a route and being like, okay, well, I guess we'll just see what happens, then it might've been more difficult to actually take that chance on yourself. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. Um, you know, there's different types of risk. I mean, writing a, writing a book, like, you know, I've written, you know, I think eight different books. And so you sit down to write a book and you spend a lot of time sitting in a chair in front of a computer in, you know, every case, you know, my books took six to nine months of effort, you know, day in and day out to kind of write and edit. And, you know, before you could deliver something to a publisher. And even then 
you don't see any money until you know um, a year later. So it's the writing a book is the ultimate and delayed gratification because it's really delayed, like you know years. Uh, uh, and so um, you know that's a different type of risk. It's a risk of time, uh, and uh, you know whereas you know starting Fizzy Vantage was kind of like I had the knowledge in my head to do it, but it was more a risk of finance. Um, and I guess also time, you know, cause I am in my fifties and, you know, more of my life is behind me than is left ahead of me. And I take that seriously. That's something I think about every day, not in a morbid way, but just as in a, you know, factual way, you know, that, um, I've been here 57 and a half years and I'm not going to, I don't have another 57 and a half in the tank. Hopefully I have another 30 or 40. <laughs> um, and maybe as a climber that can climb hard, maybe it's only five or 10 or 20. You know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's unknowable. Uh, but it does, you know, when you think of it that way, uh, you know, kind of compels you to make good decisions with your time as if it, as if the time is money, you know? And, and so, yeah, it was, it, it was, um, something that I actually thought about for a year and I developed the prototype products and, uh, you know, actually the first athletes to use Fizzy Vantage products other than myself were my sons. Uh, you know, so you go back five years ago uh, when I was developing the prototypes and they started using the products and I was using the products. And then I sent them out to a few people, you know, like I said, Matt Foltz was the first pro and then you start getting the feedback and, you know, um, it's like, okay, we know the research in the published paper says this, but do you in fact feel a difference? Um, and because, you know, the name fizzy advantage is about feeling a physical advantage of some kind. Uh, and so, um, you know, it kind of had to pass that, that initial litmus test and, um, you know, my son's are crushers and they have continued to grow as crushers. And I'd like to think perhaps the nutrition has something to do with it. Uh, though I think there are many other factors as well. So. Yeah, definitely. So, okay. You're obviously very busy and it's, it's a big conversation, I think, about priorities. So you have a business, you know, now you and your wife are empty nesters, but I want to hear a little bit about how you manage your time. Do you time block off for your business, for climbing? What does that look like? Yes, I am a, um, you know, uh, I, I take time management very seriously. And, you know, my wife thinks I'm OCD. And I guess perhaps I am a little bit, you know, just, uh, and I think it's maybe my German heritage as well, because, you know, the Germans are like, very by the book, by the rules. And, you know, you go to Germany, they have the most immaculate roads you've ever seen. I mean, they just maintain and take care of everything and, uh, follow protocols in everything. And, uh, you know, so that's kind of how I am. I'm a scientist and I have like kind of this OCD, uh, you know, thing going on a little bit. And, uh, so, uh, but I, I'm old school because, um, I grew up and, and, you know, went through my young adulthood, you know, the early years of my career before, you know, um, smartphones and all that, you know, stuff. Uh, and so I still use a paper calendar. You know, I, I, my brain is wired to have a, a big paper calendar book, which has, you know, the next two years in months and, you know, the days in boxes, just like an old school paper calendar. 
and I plan out, you know, um, the big things, you know, trips, uh, conferences, you know, events, uh, family things, uh, all that kind of gets put on the paper calendar as far out as I can. Uh, and then, you know, it, you know, I start looking at things in weeks and then days. And um, in terms of how I spend the minutes of my day, which I'm also really take seriously, um, I'm just a, uh, um, I, I guess I, I have, um, I don't know if ritual is the correct word, but I, I, I like, I basically, I eat the same thing for breakfast every day. You know, I, I wake up at the same time, plus or minus five minutes. Uh, you know, I uh, drink my collagen, then I brew the coffee, uh, you know, and, you know, I have this, you know, sequence of things that I do uh, and the, the day kind of unfolds very often the way the previous day did with, you know, some exceptions where there's a, a, an event or, you know, something that, you know, is a little different. You know, I try to do a, a, a brief morning workout, just 30 to 60 minutes uh, that kind of energizes me. And I think especially as you get older, you need to get your heart rate elevated. You need to consume oxygen. You need to really, uh, you know, mitochondria content is very important to keeping um, uh, as high as possible as you age. And so exercise every day, even twice a day. I'm not talking about rigorous workouts, but getting out of breath and, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, doing something. And so I do a, a brief morning workout. Some, some mornings it's a hangboard workout. Some mornings it's a, a 30 minute run. Uh, and then I do a second workout at, you know, when my work day is done around 6 PM, I do an evening workout. That's usually more like an hour and a half to two hours. And again, that varies day to day, but it's usually, um, you know, uh, many days climbing focused in, in some way. Uh, and then a late dinner, you know, we, um, I kind of carbo backload. I eat a lot of my calories at the end of the day. Um, I don't eat a lot throughout the day. I mean, I do eat certain things, you know, the oatmeal and the coffee for breakfast and the protein shake, and then an energy bar and a banana for lunch and, or a bagel sandwich with peanut butter and jelly for lunch. And, uh, and, but the big meal is at the end of the day. Uh, and then, uh, you know, doing that at eight o'clock kind of sets me up that, Right around 10 o'clock, I get my eyelids get heavy and, you know, uh, um, uh, I, I'm ready to fall asleep and, you know, do it all over again. And uh, so, you know, I, uh, I actually don't plan out my days like on a phone um, calendar app or anything like that. Uh, you know, busy days, I do make kind of a written list of things, uh, kind of a to-do list with times next to them where, so that I can kind of stay punctual um, but you know, since I'm self-employed, you have that luxury of flexibility, you know, uh, a lot of days, a lot of times. And, um, and so, uh, at this stage in my life, I kind of enjoy not having that, um, you know, uh, rigorous or, um, uh, I don't know, uh, precise schedule as I had, like when I was, you know, um, doing two jobs, you know, the university job and my climbing job on top of it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I think one thing that I want to point out too, is the fact that you eat the same thing for breakfast like that, I think helps to eliminate the decision fatigue because as a business owner, you're making so many decisions in a day. So it's nice to just keep some of those things constant. Yes. Yeah. Your energy. It's funny you say that, but that that's uh, a big deal. The whole decision fatigue thing Mm -hmm. for sure. And especially now with my business, I have to make some big decisions and I try to make them all before lunchtime, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of like, we're, we're starting up fizzy vantage in Europe and, you know, or just on any given day, there are some big decisions I have to make. And I try to do them in the morning when I'm clear thinking and uh, uh, you know, so yeah, what you eat and what you wear uh, aren't at least for me, big decisions. You know uh, when I retired from my university job uh, a few years ago and kind of just became Fizzy Vantage full time, I decided I was never going to really dress up again. So, like, I literally live in athletic clothes, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, a t shirt, a sweatshirt, uh, running shorts or running tights or, you know, climbing pants. Um, I mean, that's what I put on when I wake up in the morning. It's what I wear until I, until the end of the day. And uh, so that's kind of one of my luxuries is that I um, live my life in exercise clothes. At this stage of the game, and um, you know, and you know, uh, it, 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 I don't know. It makes me feel good, um, and kind of also compels me. Uh, I think when you wear exercise clothes, it makes it easier to go exercise than than if you have like your work clothes on, and then it's like, oh, do I really want to change and have to go through you know this process of, you know, and um. So, uh, yeah, so I try to be as efficient as I can and, uh, make the most of each hour of each day. So, yeah, no, that was really helpful too, to kind of see how you plan your day out, because I feel like a lot of people really struggle with, oh, where do I put this thing? How do I schedule things? But it seems like you really prioritize the working out. Yeah. And and let me add something else in there. I think, um, there's no right or wrong way to do these things. What you need to do though, is have a system, you know, it has to be your system. And so I kind of found the system that works for me, given what I need to do and where I'm at in my life. And, you know, uh, when we had kids, it was a different system, you know, Mm -hmm. because there was so much time invested into the kids and doing stuff with the kids. I mean, that was my number one thing was being a dad was more important than anything else. Um, So wherever you are in your life or in your career, uh, or in your training for climbing, you need to find a system and then you have to be, you know, open-minded about how you can make your system better because, you know, um, you're not going to invent the perfect system from the get-go. It's got to be, uh, you know, evolving and dynamic. And as your life changes and, you know, other variables uh, come into play, uh, your system has to modify. But the worst thing you can do is not have a system at all where you just kind of make it up every day. And, you know, honestly, I had a, a stage in my life, I'm sure back in my twenties, I, I, I guess I fancied, my, fancied myself as being a planner, um, but it wasn't very sophisticated and certainly not very efficient, you know, cause I was young and you're dating and you're, you know, uh, you're in that stage of your life where you're just not, Um, you're not running like a finely tuned machine, Mm -hmm. but hopefully each year you do develop a system that is a little more finely tuned. And, um, uh, and so if people listen to this, I would encourage them just be, um, you know, 
self, you know, be introspective and to kind of evaluate, uh, do you even have a system? And if so, what is your system? And then uh, is your system really effective or not? Yes. Well said. I think we all (laughs) need that too. I mean, the point of owning your own business is the freedom that it enables you to spend your time how you want. I think that's a big, you know, for me anyway, that's a huge draw to it so that I can go do other things and not just be like attached to the computer. Yeah, you bet. It's again, learning to use the, the the electronics aren't, um, you know, inherently bad. It's the, the use of them. Uh, and so if you're on your phone, your laptop, you know, whatever, um, doing business or engaging people in a meaningful way, then that's time well spent. But if it, again, if it's just this hollow um, time wasting, like, oh, what, what are these people up to? You know, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, you know, it's shallow. It's uh, a cheap dopamine hit. Uh, and it's not going to, you know, make you a better person or add richness to your life or help advance your life, whether it's in sport or in career. Uh, it's not, it's just, it's, it's, it's wasted time. Yeah. It's so. just you from, from your mission essentially. So, okay. What do you, that's have- it. That's it. And yeah. I, I like that. Uh, by the way, I like, I like that word mission. I use that a yeah. lot, you know, is that I, I, I like the idea of people having a mission, whatever that mission is, you know, it could be, you know, nonprofit work. It could be, you know, social work. It could be a mission in sports to achieve. It could be a mission in career. It could be a mission to be the best parent or spouse you can be. Um, You know, so to have that idea of of a mission and then to have a system that makes you effective in that mission that's that's what I'm advocating here. So again, the electronics aren't bad, but if they end up, you know, uh, dominating your life in an addictive way, uh, you know, if you can't go a day without your phone, uh, then it is probably an addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, tell me what you have on the horizon. This can be, you know, business things. It could be, I know, Fizzy Vantage is going into Europe, which is really exciting, or it could be trips that are coming up for you. What What are you doing next? Yeah, well, I'm currently at the Red River Gorge just for a short two-week trip uh, with my wife and my one son. And uh, uh, I had a great day today. Now, you know, th- these are old guy sends. So I know a lot of <laughs> listeners are going to say, oh, well, what's the big deal? But I, I sent a 13A, a classic route called Prometheus Unbound, did it third go. And then I, a, a few routes to the left, there's a really steep 12D that I sent second go. So for me at age 57, going on 58, that's a huge day uh, for an old guy. And, um, you know, we're all different places in our climbing ability and our climbing trajectory. Um, you know, after 45 years, just to still be climbing at that level, um, you know, kind of every year, one of the things I want to do is like climb a few 513s to just know I still can do that grade. Mm-hmm. Because back back in my formative days, like in the you know early, mid 80s, uh, 513 was a pretty hard grade and like 14A was the very top of the scale. Whereas today the top of the scale is 15D. So it's gone, it's gone a long, long way in 35 years. But 
Um, you know, uh, in, in 1987, I climbed my first 513. Uh, and it was uh, a first ascent at the New River Gorge called Diamond Life. It was the first 513 in West Virginia. Uh, and so that kind of marked, you know, my reaching that benchmark. Uh, and again, that was 1987. So I was 23 years old. So here I am more than half my life later, you know, I'm 57 and a half, and I'm still climbing at that grade. Um, no, I don't want to say easily because I have to work hard and train hard and you do a lot of things right and try to eliminate, you know, um, things that are going to hold me back and limit me. Uh, you know, every year it gets a little harder, honestly. I mean, that's just part of aging. So, and um, I think I enjoy it more uh, uh, because of that. You know, it's funny. I, there was a group of climbers at the crag today where I, I when I sent the 13A, uh, you know, I untied and I looked to my wife and I said, hey, I think I want to get on this 12D uh, and see if I can work or send that today. And the guy looked at me is like, aren't you going to like pause and enjoy the send, you know, the send of the 13A. And I said, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that right now. And I'll also do that this evening, but the conditions were perfect. You know, it was a cool, crisp day and, you know, I felt decent. Uh, and, um, and I'm like, I, I only have so many of these great climbing days left. Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, first of all, in the East, these days are rare, you know, where you get crisp conditions like this. Uh, and then, you know, if you, if you only get 10 or 20 of those crisp days a year, and then you ask yourself at age 57, how many more years do I have to get those crisp days, you know, that I can maybe climb hard. It's not a lot of days. So it's like, yeah, I do have to kind of get on to the next thing, <laughs> you know? And, um, so, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm enjoying this right now. And, uh, um, and then I, I'm also looking forward to, you know, spending Thanksgiving with my family and, uh, you know, not working for a few days and, um, you know, doing Thanksgiving stuff and maybe playing backyard football. And, uh, you know, I do those types of stuff, those types of things as well. I, I, I'm, uh, you know, an advocate of trying to live a fairly well-rounded life. I mean, climbers tend to be focused and intense and, you know, very goal-oriented and climbing can take over your life. And, uh, and I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I think having some balance is also a good thing as well. Agreed. I think, yeah. And that's a great place. I think for us to wrap up too, is like, yes, the balance. Like that's why I wanted to talk so much about how you schedule your day and everything. Cause I think it's really important for people to, to go out and live, you know, whether that's climbing or whether that is spending time with your family, like making sure that you, you don't just prioritize the work aspect. Like there's. Yeah. 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 And, and actually, you know, that made me think of one more thing to kind of wrap up here. You know, the conversation is that, um, you know, with regard to balance and how that can keep you in the game longer in terms of, well, here's an example back when I was uh, kind of at the top of my climbing, you know, relative to the standards uh, in the late eighties and early nineties, um, you know, I was working a job and, you know, I then got married in, um, in 1988 and, uh, you know, had a wife and, you know, how to pay rent. And, um, and so I was kind of a weekend warrior, even though I was trying to climb semi-professionally. And I, I remember looking at other climbers, my age then that were, um, in a similar position, but they were actually 
kind of living the dream in terms of they were they were dirtbagging it. You know, they were out climbing, you know, 300 days a year. They were out traveling and they were just trying to make ends meet. And whereas I was, um, again, more of a glorified weekend warrior. And I remember being jealous of those people um, and, you know, kind of thinking, man, I wish I could be that way. But yet I also kind of like the way I'm doing it. Um, and I, although I didn't kind of put it all together then, um, looking back today, all those guys that were the dirtbags back then climbing 300 days a year, none of them are climbing anymore. They've been out of the sport for 10 or 20 years. Eric Hurst, the weekend warrior for life, <laughs> is still climbing 513 at age 57, you know, 45 years into his climbing career. And so, um, so to the younger people listening who like you see other people out there, you know, kind of living the dream of, you know, being a full-time climber. And I'm not this, I'm not going to say you shouldn't try to do that if that's really what you want to do for a period of time. But the idea that, you know, balance is a good thing to have, you know, if you balance recreation and career, and if you can balance, you know, personal goals with family goals and, um, you know, and have, kind of, uh, I'm, you know, big on having kind of a, a spiritual grounding as well, you know, kind of having a bigger picture to your life and the meaning of your life. You know, if you have, you know, kind of that, you know, if you can kind of understand how you, how all that fits into your life and have some balance, um, I think it's a healthy thing long-term. And so the reason I'm still climbing is that I never got sick of it. I never did so much of it that I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm done with this. You know, I, I kind of, as a weekend warrior, you're always left wanting a little more, you know, you don't want to go home at sun on Sunday evening to go to work on Monday, you know, but yet it leaves you wanting more. And so what do you do? You train hard during the week and then you, you, you go on your next weekend outing or your next week road trip or whatnot. Uh, and so that, that balance and that sense of always, you know, wanting a bit more um, keeps you involved for many years to come. And that's, again, I think climbing is such a wonderful thing for our mind and our body and our spirit that um, I hate to see people that burn out at age 20 or 25 or 30 when, you know, um, it's obvious that they love climbing, but yet for some reason they fall out of love. Uh, and, um, so I, I hope that's not the people listening. I hope they fall in love for life with climbing. Mm -hmm. So well said. That was, yeah, that was really excellent. Thank you so much, Eric, for coming on the show. I will link to where people can connect further with you in the show notes, along with where they can learn more about Fizzy Vantage as well. And this was so great. Again, thank you so much for coming on. Sure, I'm happy to do it. And, uh, you know, congratulations on uh, your success in climbing and in business. and you know, keep at it. Despite uh, what anybody says, you know, you got to live your life and have your mission and, uh, you know, have your system that you're refining and building year over year. And uh, I, I think it's an exciting thing. I love seeing the, you know, the, that next generation out there um, doing cool things and uh, I'm always happy to support that. So. Well, thank you. 
I am just beaming ear to ear even though we recorded this interview a couple of weeks ago. I am so honored to have had Eric on the show and to have him share his expertise and his wisdom and let me pick his brain a little bit. This was such a fun conversation. I hope you learned a ton, not only if you are a business owner, but how to really be able to structure your life, prioritize your time, keep and uphold your boundaries so that your goals and the things that you're you're really dreaming big on are actually able to happen. So a huge thank you to Eric for coming on the show. This was absolutely such an amazing experience. And if you loved this episode, be sure to tag us on Instagram, tag me, tag Fizzy Vantage, you can tag Eric. We would love to see what you enjoyed from the show. I absolutely love knowing which guests that you've enjoyed having on the show. It helps me get a more clear direction of where I want to take this show and the guests and advice that I bring you. And if you loved this, be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes. It only takes a couple of minutes and it really helps me iTunes has an algorithm similar to social media platforms like Instagram, and it really helps the more ratings and reviews the show has, the better off it does. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next episode.